The Supreme Court is at it again and prepare for more crying from the left. Elon Musk is making a splash at Twitter, and just when you thought the fuel shortage, the supply chain issues, and inflation couldn't get worse, surprise! This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope uh, you had a great Halloween. We did. Um, Not a lot of kids showed up. Uh, My grandkids, I don't know where the heck they went. Um, well, actually it's Josie's grandkids, my grandkids, I know they, they went out. Uh, it was funny yesterday. There are two things that I really think is important for Halloween. One, we should have the day off the next day. Now the reality is, so yesterday it was Halloween. It's a Monday. Can't go out, can't stay out, can't have parties because you got to go to work the next day. Now, when I was a kid, and actually, it's the same with Mexico. It's the same with South Korea. With Korea, in Asia, it's the same way. The next day usually is a celebration of death. In the Catholic religion, it's called All Saints Day. In Mexico, it's called in Mexico, South America, it's called Dia de los Muertos. In Korea or in Asia, they have the same thing. And we used to, because I went to a Catholic school, though, we used to get the next day off because Halloween was basically the eve at, at All Hallows, the All Hallows Eve is what it's called, because the next day you celebrate the dead, celebrate and remember the dead. Catholics, All Saints Day, Mexico does it with, I mean, we've got an altar right now with all the people that have passed away and we start lighting candles for the next couple of days. So today, for example, we light the candles for all the children that die and then, and remember them. And then tomorrow we light the candles for all the adults we want to remember. Um, great movie, Coco. I think it's a Disney film. Great movie. It really expresses that. And it's a very, it's a very good movie. Uh, you should see that, but that's it. Really does celebrate Dia de los Muertos. So I, I really would like to see that changed. I'd like to, I'd like to see us have that day off the next day. I know, I know, with the Mexican tradition, they take it far more seriously than the white people do with um, All Saints Day. But I, I'd like to see. But there is enough of a cultural and religious reason that you can have the next day off. The other thing, we didn't get very many kids yesterday come over for candy. So you know what we did? We actually took our buckets of candy and we walked to the neighbor's house and we we knocked on the door, trick or treat, Josie and I were both dressed. And instead of asking for candy, we offered our candy. And guess what? I went to six apartments in the area. All of the apartments had kids. I knew they had kids. They opened the door. They took the candy. And they were they were really surprised by it. I think that's where Halloween's going to need to go. Is that the adults are going to have to start giving out the candy. We Josie and I actually had a great time doing that. We would walk around. If we saw kids, we'd say, Happy Halloween. And we'd hand them candy. Uh, we did that with several people, not just knocking on doors, but actually walking through the apartment complex. You see kids. There are kids. But the kids don't go to every apartment. 
they go to certain apartments where they know they're going to get something. But because of the drug issues and the dangers to the candy and all the crazy people out there, um, it just seems to make more sense. First off, every all of our candy is wrapped. We actually buy pre-wrapped candy, so there's there's no tricks there. But then we watched uh, when we got home. We watched Trick or Treat, which is a great Halloween movie, and we watched Night of the Living Dead, and not the new version. We watched the 1950s, 60s version. Great movie. And we had a great time. I hope you had a good time too. All right, let's get to the news. Uh, Supreme First story, Supreme Court is at it again. And be prepared for more howls of agony and despair. So already the Supreme Court made a splash. Uh, yesterday, the Supreme Court put a stay on Trump needing to hand his tax records over to the DOJ and Congress. Now, it's just a stay. There's going to be more debate about it on November 10th. Uh, Justice Roberts was the, Chief Justice Roberts was the one who actually put the stay. The Justice Department and Congress want to see his tax, tax records, but the big problem is their reasoning is kind of blurry. They don't really seem to have any reason to look at his tax records. Even if Congress decided, hey, they can't, they don't have a crime is the problem. They have no real reason to see it. This is a problem that the Democrats and the January 6th committee all are having is that they really don't have a reason. They want to seize tax records because they want to find a crime. That's not how you do law enforcement. And the other problem is if there was a crime, is it really Congress's job and the Department of Justice's job to do it? Isn't that the IRS's job? And then the IRS would report to the Department of Justice. Well, the IRS has never contacted the Justice Department. And I think that's why the Supreme Court said, whoa, wait a minute. No, stop. Let's find out what's going on. Now, this is simply pure harassment by the Justice Department and Congress the Democratic Justice Department, and the Democratic Congress. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I, I got a feeling they're just going to deny it. But I don't know what's going to happen when Congress is taken over by Republicans. If the Senate and the House are taken over by Republicans, I don't know if there's going to be that kind of cry for Trump's tax records. But the reality is, why? Leave him alone. He's done. He's not president anymore. Okay, another thing that the Supreme Court is hearing and is arguments over affirmative action. Now, the problem with affirmative action, affirmative action was initially for um, blacks having the same equal opportunity to get into colleges, all right, blacks and women. Now, at first, and even when the Supreme Court ruled that affirmative action is a good thing, Justices who voted for it, like Sandra Day O'Connor, they said that, well, this is probably should be only a temporary thing because this, this was initially right after the Civil Rights Act was passed in the 60s, mid-60s. They were still having some issues with black attendance in colleges, so they ruled yay on uh, affirmative action. But they thought, hey, maybe 10 years, 15 years, we can get rid of this. Well, the problem with affirmative action is now it's become almost a quota system where colleges have to bring in a certain number of blacks 
and they can reject other races, in this case, Asians. And really, that's the big argument. So whites and Asians who have higher scores and more qualification to get in some of these colleges are being rejected simply by race. So listening to some of the questions, and I, I, I don't listen because it's not something you watch, it's something you hear. Uh, they only do the audio. Listening to some of the questions, it sounds like affirmative action is going to affirmative action is going to get banned. Uh, it really sounds like it's going to get banned. Uh, one of the reasons is Seth Waxman, who is the attorney defending affirmative action, he doesn't. He seems to be getting under the skin of some of the justices because he's very argumentative. The one justice, which I really don't think he wanted to p- piss off is Chief Justice Roberts, who could go either way, because Chief Justice Roberts is kind of all over the place when it comes to... He's pissing off Chief Justice Roberts. And you can tell that Chief Justice Roberts is getting angry because he keeps pointing out, he keeps uh, actually taking shots at him. So when Alito is asking a question, for example, Roberts will... And uh, Waxman will answer, and then Roberts will just quip at him. So that's not a good thing. So a couple of questions which I, I, I found was very interesting and, the, and is an example of what I was saying is Samuel Lito asked, quote, I still haven't heard any explanation for the disparity between personal scores that are given to Asians. Because the idea is Asians have typically higher scores than even white kids, but they don't understand why Asians with such high ranks and are also a minority are are given, so a kid who gets a 1500 on these SATs is being passed over and somebody who gets a 1200 on their SATs is being accepted. That is happening. Okay, that is happening. So Waxman admitted race was decisive, quote, for some highly qualified applicants, just like being an oboe player in a year in which the Harvard Radcliffe Orchestra needs an oboe player. That's a weird comparison because playing the oboe is actually a skill. And if you're really good at playing the oboe, they should take you in. But if you're not great at playing the oboe and they take you in simply because of your race, that doesn't make any sense. This is one of the little quips that Roberts made. Quote, we did not fight a civil war about oboe players. We did fight a civil war to eliminate racial discrimination. Bang. We know where Roberts is going here. Finally, Clarence Thomas asked the <laughs> probably the greatest question. He asked simply, what is diversity? I keep hearing it's diversity, but no one seems to define it. Guess what? No one defined it. So I, it's a very interesting question. What is diversity? I, I I, I think that's a great question. Do we have diversity in the NBA? Well, yeah, you have diversity of skill. Do you have diversity of race in the NBA? No. Same with hockey. You can sit there and say there. I mean, that I know of, there are only three black players in the National Hockey League. Okay, now they're players from every country in the world. But is there a lot of diversity? Well, there's diversity of talent. Just like in the NBA, there's a diversity of talent in the NBA even though there's not diversity of race. That's the argument, counter-argument I would make. So when you're talking about an oboe player, it's just a really stupid argument. And then 
the same thing with diversity. The fact that nobody can see, can seem to answer what diversity is is really telling. This thing is going to go down. It's going to be banned. It's going to be banned 6-3. The other, uh, Kagan, um, Sotomayor, and uh, uh, Jackson Brown or Brown Jackson, whatever her name is. Yeah, they're in, in Jackson Brown was actually really arguing for um, for affirmative action. So those three are going to vote for it. So it's going to be a 6-3 decision. I, I don't think there's any doubt that this is going to get banned, which it's about freaking time because the reality is affirmative action is racist and sexist. I know the left thinks that white people cannot, there can be no racism against white people, but affirmative action is proof that yes, there can be, especially if you've got, you're very talented and you don't get in because of your race. So let's 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 talk about Elon Musk. And the reason I'm laughing is because Elon Musk, who last week changed when he took over on Friday, uh, he changed his profile to be Chief Twit. Uh, today he changed his profile to say Twitter complaint hotline operator. I mean, the guy is a troll. He really is a troll. So the drama for Elon Musk taking over Twitter continues. Um, and some of his ideas are now coming out about Twitter. And I don't know if you, if you've never used Twitter, uh, me, I'm a huge Twitter guy. Uh, Musk fired, uh, Twitter's CEO, Parag Argawal, which is fantastic because Parag Argawal actually admitted that he doesn't believe in free speech and he doesn't believe Twitter should be a platform for free speech. He admitted this and he said it publicly. So, good, good, he's gone. Chief Financial Officer Ned Siegel is gone, which I don't know why he was even there, because they haven't made money in I don't know how long. And finally, legal the uh, Head of Legal Affairs and Policy Chief Vija, Vijaya Gade, I think her name is. Vijaya Gade is famous for actually being the one to ban the Hunter Biden laptop story a couple of years ago, which really changed the election. Elon Musk has determined himself to be the chief twit. He is the interim CEO. He will be running the company for a while. He said he plans to fire between, he plans to fire about 50% of the staff. He does He and it's not because, well, it is because they're not doing a great job. They're not working enough. There is a video going along where they show the day in the life of a Twitter employee. And basically what they're doing is eating free lunches, drinking free coffees, playing foosball, and drinking wine when they're finished having their three meetings for the day. I matter of fact, what's amazing about that video, I didn't see any of them work. So 50% of the staff probably can go away. And I would think 75% of the staff can probably go away. In a few, He's already ordered managers and directors to create lists of who they don't need. Um, and we're going to get to to that. I, I I'm pretty sure Elon Musk already currently now has a list of who he can get rid of. I'll talk about that in a second. He is creating groups to defeat the spam bots because there are a ton of bots on Twitter. And what a bot is is it's an automated account where somebody creates basically has these uh, troll these bots that go in there and just post automatically. They respond automatically. They're not run by a human being. So he's trying to figure out how to get rid of that. And that's going to be a real effort because 
it's been said that Twitter might have up to 80% bots, which is insane. Uh, he's also uh, ma making groups of content advisors. So this is one of the things that, that Twitter, and I'll mention this again later, but this is one of the things that people don't understand. Um, Twitter is not going to be an open forum, free language, any of that. You're not, it, you're not going to be able to say absolutely anything on Twitter. It, that's impossible. That's not right. It's not going to happen. They just want to mold the content, uh, the content uh, that is placed on Twitter so that it is acceptable content. For example, one of the things he wants to get rid of is porn. There's a lot of porn on Twitter. Okay. A lot of porn. A lot of that porn is based off bots. So he wants to get rid of, he wants to control what gets on and figure out what can go on. Uh, he also has already mentioned he does not want anybody, anybody on Twitter who's verified, anybody who is a real somebody, he does not want them suspended permanently. He doesn't believe in any of that. If you post something bad, you should be suspended for a, a period of time. And I had heard could be up to two weeks, but permanently banning people, that is not a thing. He, he doesn't want it done. All right, so that, that's good. He also mentioned he wants Trump back on. He wants Alex Jones back on. He wants people that were permanently banned. And by the way, I, I'm no fan of Alex Jones, as I, I've mentioned last week. Okay, but he shouldn't be banned permanently. And it's not just, right, Louis Farrakhan, for example, is banned permanently on Twitter. He shouldn't be banned permanently on Twitter. I don't think anybody should. Alex Jones and Louis Farrakhan, complete polar opposites. I should be able to hear what both of them are saying because what they both say is crazy, but we should all be able to hear it. He has, he has assembled a team at, to look at the algorithm and he has locked out the algorithm. That's big. No engineer can make changes to the algorithm right now, which is what was happening when Twitter was being run uh, before by Argawal and by uh, that other character. Um, uh, what was his name? I can't remember his name. The the funky guy. Uh, Jack Dorsey. That's who it was. Sorry. I had to look it up because I totally forgot his name. Uh, these guys were changing the algorithm. And what was weird, and I, I talked about this several months, maybe a year ago. The They would make changes to the algorithm and they wouldn't actually report the changes. So Jack Dorsey... There were changes to the algorithm. He didn't know they were making changes to the algorithm. Well, Musk said, nope, can't do that. He locked out the, the algorithm. Now they're analyzing the algorithm. Now, what's kind of cool about that is that we are going to see what that algorithm is because I can guarantee you, freaking Musk is going to actually report. He's going to tell you what it is, what it was doing. He will follow all federal and international laws and regulations, and both the European Union and, and the United States said he's got to follow that. That's fine. He has no problem with that. He has indicated, he, and now, now we got to talk about what he actually wants to do. He wants Twitter to be the foundation for creating a super app. In other words, he's trying to make Twitter into Google. So he wants it so that you can trade money, kind of like you do with Venmo. He wants it as a communications platform, something like a um, something like a Zoom. 
He wants to make it into a marketplace, and he wants to make it huge. And this is a great idea, because I don't think the bo- current board of... And by the way, the current board of directors, they're gone. He, 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 the company's private, don't need a board of directors. Chow, chow, they're gone. Um, so this is a good thing, like ride, ride hailing. So you can, like an Uber. So he's trying to, he has thoughts about what to do to make this app better. The board of directors, Dorsey, Argawal, they never had plans for anything beyond changing the algorithm, which is why Twitter became, I hate to say it, rather stale. And that's why they kept losing money and they kept losing. So that's a thing. That's a, that's kind of exciting. If you think about it, he plans to take the company public in a few years, which is no surprise right now. The only reason he's take making it private is he wants to fix it. And once it is fixed and once it's where he wants it to be, he'll take it public. That's awesome. Now, one of the things he plans to do, and this is causing a lot of, uh, stress and consternation is a lot of stress and consternation, not only for users, but for his staff. He wants to change the, uh, the service called Twitter blue from $5 a month to $20 a month. Essentially what Twitter blue is right now, it's just, you get like extra badges and crap like that. You don't get the blue check mark, which validates you're a real user. Okay, but you do get things like badges, and I, I don't, I don't use it. I don't pay four ninety nine a month for it. Well, Musk wants to change Twitter blue. He wants to make it twenty dollars a month, and he wants to make that the verification of the users. That's awesome. I like that idea. So basically, I will end up with a blue check mark if I decide to pay twenty dollars a month, and anybody who doesn't pay twenty dollars a month gets their blue check mark removed. So, for example, Ben Shapiro, who probably will will pay the $20 a month because he's rich and it'll probably go through the Daily Wire. But if he does not pay the $20 a month, he'll have his blue check mark removed. Now, the only reason I would even consider it is for things like my podcasts, my videos, my books. I like the thought of a blue check mark because people realize I'm not a bot. Now, most people realize I'm not a bot because I, I, I do enough um, I do enough stuff on Twitter to make me look real, and I don't do it every... I'm not there 24-7. You can tell a bot because these bots are constantly throwing crap on Twitter. But I think it would be best. But before the blue check mark was honestly... It was an elite thing. It's an elitist thing. All the elites had blue check marks. Well, I... <laughs> These elites, yep, they don't have them anymore. All right, well, here's another reason why um, we're probably going to, Twitter's probably going to lose 75% of their staff. The employees threw a fit, needless to say, because most of them were going to get fired and they, they really weren't happy about it. So they wrote this letter to Elon Musk and the board of directors, which is funny because the board of directors is actually gone now. But, quote, Here's the letter. We, the undersigned Twitter workers, believe the public conversation is in jeopardy. Elon Musk planned to lay off 75% of Twitter workers. Will hurt Twitter's ability to serve the public conversation. A threat of this magnitude is reckless, 
undermines our users and customers' trust in our platform, and his transparent act of worker intimidation. I, by the way, nobody trusts Twitter. Who are they talking about? We get banned on... I've been banned twice for misgendering someone. Please spare me that bullshit. Okay, Twitter has significant effects on societies and communities across the globe. As we speak, Twitter is helping to uplift independent journalism in the Ukraine and Iran, as well as powering social movements around the world. That's true. I, I mean, that is true. That's one of the reasons why I like Twitter, is because I can see exactly what's happening in the world. I, I, I do agree with that. A threat to workers at Twitter is a threat to Twitter's future. These threats have impact on us as workers and demonstrate a fundamental disconnect with the realities of, of operating Twitter. I do want to point out that Twitter's been losing money for forever, so these guys couldn't be doing that great a job. And you've got half of the Twitter population sitting there and saying, I'm tired of getting banned, these guys suck. And a lot of people are leaving. So just, just an FYI on that. Continuing. They threaten our livelihoods, access our to essential health, healthcare and the ability for visa holders to stay in the country where they work we work in okay that's really bad english we cannot do our work in a in an environment of constant harassment and threats without our work there is no twitter no there is a twitter see this is the problem all the people on twitter really young folk they really have a self-inflated ego about their value to the company well the company hasn't been making money so basically raising the entire uh, uh, the entire staff sounds to me like a pretty good idea. And by the way, this happens all the time. Disney does that. Disney hires people from India to do their, their drawing, and they actually had people they were going to lay off train their replacements. That's what's going to happen at Twitter. We, the workers at Twitter, will not be intimidated. We recommit to supporting the community's organizations and businesses who rely on Twitter. We will not stop serving the public conversation. Yeah, you will. You're getting fired and you don't have a say. And this little letter ain't going to help. We call on Twitter management and Elon Musk to cease these negligent layoff threats. They're not threats. He's actually laying people off as we speak. As workers, we deserve concrete commitments so we can continue to preserve the integrity of the platform. We demand of current and future leadership. There's nothing a manager or a boss loves more than somebody walking up to him and saying, I demand that, yeah, okay, keep demanding as you fill your box with all your crap and you're walking out. So this is what they demand. Respect. We demand leadership to respect the platform and the workers who maintain it by committing to preserving the current headcount. <laughs> no. Um, matter of fact, let's be honest, 750 people for, honestly, just an advanced website? That seems like an awful lot of people. Uh, most IT departments for large businesses, large websites... Yeah, they have 30 to 40 IT they 30 to 40 IT people all with specific things that they do. You don't need 750 Twitter people. I mean, I don't even know what these guys do all day. Uh safety. We demand that leadership does not discriminate against workers on the basis of race, gender, disability, sexual orientation, or political beliefs. We also demand safety for workers on visas who will be forced to leave the country they work in if they are laid off. Well, here's the good news. Here's the good news. 
I'm pretty sure uh, Elon Musk really doesn't give a damn about your race, gender, disability, sexual orientation, and political beliefs. I'm pretty sure he's just going to can everyone. Again, protection. We demand Elon Musk explicitly commit to... Pres- we demand. Yeah, keep de- keep demanding. Uh, to preserve our benefits, those both listed in the merger agreement and not, e.g. remote work, we demand... <laughs> so, in other words, we don't want to come to work. It's a typical... That's a typical leftist mentality. So, a lot of folks at Twitter, they, they still... It's because this is San Francisco, don't forget. Lots of folks at Twitter don't work. They work remotely. And one of the things Elon Musk has made very clear, come to work. He has He's done that with Tesla. He's done that with SpaceX. So he's going to demand that they come to work. They don't want to come to work, stay at home. So that's why they mention that. We demand leadership to establish and ensure fair severance policies for all workers before and after any change in ownership. By the way, all that, honestly, was already negotiated. So there was a report, I believe by the New York Times, that said the reason he's laying off 50 to 75% of the, the, the deal, the employees, is because Twitter users get stock holdings as part of their salaries. So one of the things Musk, they say Musk is doing is canning these people before those come due. Well, and Musk made this very clear, I can't do that. If I lay these people off, I still have to give them their, their, their stock holdings. That is part of the merger agreement. So that's not a thing that they have to worry about. And even the New York Times said, oh, <laughs> dignity. We demand transparent, prompt, and thoughtful. I'm sorry, let me reread that. We demand transparent, prompt, and thoughtful communication around our working conditions. We demand to be treated with dignity and not to be treated as mere pawns in a game played by billionaires. Well, I got bad news for you. I, I yeah, you are pawns. You work for Elon Musk. He does not work for you. This is the problem the left has. It's that belief that there's stakeholder capitalism. Now, we talked about shareholder versus stakeholder. Shareholder is when people put in invest into a company to make it better. In this case, it's a private company. So the shareholder in this case is Elon Musk and the guys who put money in. So for them to sit there and demand this stuff, just absolutely incredible. And 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 Elon Musk doesn't buy any of that crap. He doesn't buy in this ESG st- stakeholder capitalism crap. He's going to fire whoever he wants. And I hope every one of these guys wrote their name on it, sign this whole thing, because then he knows exactly who to can. I'm going to be running long today because I've got so much more. So the media and the left, but I repeat myself, they are flipping out. Yahoo News has reported that the N-word has gone, the use of the N-word has gone up 400%. Another source, who I think was the AP, said it's gone up 500%. Another news source says that anti-Semitism has flown through the war- through the uh, roof. Well, here's here's the thing. Here, uh, I read these articles. Uh, there are no actual examples of what users are saying. There are no actual statistics proving that stuff has gone up four hundred percent or five hundred percent. It to me, it sounds like BS. But most people. When they accuse someone, they repost it. 
Nobody's doing that here. Now, Elon Musk has been with the company now. Today's Tuesday. So he got he got in. I mean, landed. Went into the Twitter headquarters on Friday morning. Yeah, he hasn't had a chance to really do anything. Elon Musk has said, listen, I haven't changed the algorithms. And he went to step four. A lot of those folks that are posting that content are bots. They're not regular people. And I believe that. I believe that makes more sense than anything else. Because the reason is because why would anyone in their right mind, like me, why would I say the N-word on Twitter? I've just made a pariah of myself. I mean, that's that's the reality. You don't use the N-word unless you, you want to be, I mean, condemned. Even on Twitter. Even writing it on Twitter. I won't even use that kind of language on my uh, on my blog. Anyway, the media did get duped. Uh, two men um, walked... <laughs> This is this is for two guys walked out of uh, the Twitter building carrying boxes, and the media flew after them trying to interview them, and they both stopped and they both listened and and and, and let the media interview them and they, they gave their they gave their story. Well, let's listen to it. Uh, which team are you in? I was on engineering. Do you know how many? I don't I don't know. I no. know my. Nobody knows any. How did they tell you? My my director was. Uh, I'm really sorry, by the way, I realized. I went on Tesla, man. Right. Yeah, me too. Was it your entire team or just individuals? So, uh, so some, some people are in the Zoom meeting, and then, and then in the Zoom meeting, uh, you can see the other time. people that are in there. Um, who, who, who okay. And it makes yeah, me worry about the future of democracy. Yeah, yeah, okay. you know, it makes me worry uh, about the future of celebrity conservatorships. Like, uh, would I mean, Britney sorry, happen? Michelle Obama wouldn't have happened. And Elon Musk Twitter? I don't Elon know, Musk right? This used to be a Twitter. town square. Yeah. Obama in 2008 wouldn't have happened. How, who laid you off? Without... Uh, my like director, our entire team got laid off. You need yeah, to have a free speech is when... I, what was your position here? Software engineer. How long have you been working here? Three years. Out of college. Uh, my first job out of college. Did they tell me to just walk to my desk and ask me to you know, get my stuff? Okay. What's your name? Yeah, those guys weren't real. I mean, what was really funny, I mean, these guys, they, they played they played the leftist routine. Like, one guy brought up a picture of Michelle Obama and said, you know, she's going to leave the platform now. And uh, The other guy sat back and said, listen, I got to go because I got to talk to my wife and husband. I mean, it was just, they were nuts. And then these two went out to, into the alley and did another video laughing their asses off that they actually tricked all these people. But, you know, it's going to continue. Uh, Democrats and the leftists, they're going out there to try to do what they did to Trump. It's just harass him into submission, which I don't think is going to work. Because one thing I've noticed with Musk, he does not respect politicians. Um, Senator Chris Murphy sent a, a letter to Treasury Secretary. This happened yesterday. Sent a letter to Treasury Sector, Secretary Secretary. 
Janet Yellen on, or I'm sorry, Monday, yeah, yeah, yesterday, saying that uh, the acquisition of the of Twitter by Musk needs to be investigated because Prince Saudi Prince Al, oh man, I'm gonna have to pronounce this, Al Walid bin Talal had been purchased had purchased his stake in had purchased a stake in Twitter. So essentially this Saudi prince purchased a, a load of shares in Twitter. Okay. Well, mind you, no one had a problem when this sheik, when this prince actually purchased his shares on Twitter. And he purchased his shares long before Elon Musk took it. And now Musk purchased Twitter, made the company private. It doesn't he doesn't explain how the prince has anything to do with Twitter anymore. The prince got rich. He ended up with $52 a share. He doesn't have a stake in Twitter anymore. Doesn't make any it, it doesn't matter. I mean, they, so this is what he wrote. He said, "I write to draw your attention to the potential national security concerns arising from the recently completed takeover of Twitter Inc by Elon Musk and a number of private investors." By the way, that sheik wasn't that prince wasn't one of them. That wasn't one of the private investors. Setting aside the vast stores of data that Twitter has collected on American citizens, any potential that Twitter's foreign ownership will result in increased censorship, misinformation, or political violence is a grave national security concern. Because this is what they're pushing. Twitter is going to become a hellscape, even though Elon Musk says, no, we're not going to do that. He even wrote to the advertisers, don't worry. Twitter is not going to go that nuts. I mean, not, you're not going to be suddenly see burning crosses on Twitter. That's just not going to happen. So, continuing with the letter, Saudi Arabia is one of the most repressive countries in the world with little to no tolerance for free expression. Importantly, the Saudi government has demonstrated willingness to enforce their restrictive approach to dissent outside of the kingdom borders, illustrated most tragically by the murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Okay, I'm so tired of them constantly bringing up little crap like that. Jamal Khashoggi, yes, he was murdered. Yes, it was brutal. No, Jamal Khashoggi was no angel either. So let's, he was part of the Muslim Brotherhood, for Christ's sake, an extremist. Muslim uh, group. So, anyway, it, it, none of this is, makes any difference. You can write all the letters you want to whoever you want, as long as as uh, Musk pays his taxes and follows regulations. Nothing's going to happen to him. The federal government can do nothing about this sale. Elon Musk is not the first billionaire to own a media outlet. I mean. Last I heard, Zuckerberg is a billionaire. Last I heard, Bezos, who owns the Washington Post, is a billionaire. The guy who owns the New York Times is a billionaire. I mean, come on, stop it. So here's what's scaring the crap out of Democrats on the left. Musk is a free speech guy. He uses Twitter. Now, Musk is not a conservative. I've read some of his things. Um, they're a little out there. But he's not a conservative. He just wants free speech. Twitter will still moderate, but news stories that were suppressed before will be allowed now. Now, those news stories may be incorrect. Musk this weekend released a news story about the uh, Paul Pelosi thing, and it turned out to be an incorrect story. And guess what? Musk pulled it because it turned out to be a, a bad story. 
the government and, and see that's how it should work if i post a crap story i should be able to remove it and that's what i should have the responsibility to do that not twitter making decisions for me maybe i post that terrible story and i still believe in that terrible story that's my business not twitter's the government was able to control information before with all of these social media platforms. All of them. Both Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey. Mark Zuckerberg, who owns Facebook, Meta, Instagram, admits they were working with the government. They were being advised by the government. Facebook and Instagram actually have email boxes for government input. When this was found out, the government stopped putting emailing those boxes. And who started e- emailing boxes? Emailing. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Were nonprofit groups that the government was using to proxy their requests. So that stuff is still happening. Musk doesn't want any of this. He doesn't want the government involved. Why? The First Amendment free speech he still thinks it's important but here's the thing this is what the government really fears then we get to our last story the bigger fear might be that musk is going to be successful the company has not made money since its inception they had no goals they had no five-year plan they didn't know where they were going it took them years to come up with twitter blue that no one bought into if musk starts making money other companies and sees that that other companies may lose subscribers because they are all joining on Twitter. I mean, look at Facebook. I I left Facebook. Facebook is losing money right now. I left Facebook to join Twitter, and now Twitter was going downhill. So I I kind of limited myself to Twitter, and now I'm using it again because I know I can say anything. I'm not going to get banned. Or if I do get suspended for saying something really stupid, I don't say really stupid things on Twitter. But if I do say something really stupid and I do get banned, at least I know it'll be no more than two weeks and I can come back or I can pull what I want, what I don't want in there. I don't know what they're going to do with that. But once these other companies see that Twitter is, is making money hand over fist, that, that this subscriber thing, by the way, <laughs> that that Twitter blue that Musk wants you to pay for twenty dollars uh, a month. Yeah, uh, Elon Musk told uh, the staff he wants it by November by the sec- first week of November, or they can expect to be fired. That's a boss. I, I, that's the kind of boss that Twitter actually needed, not a boss that provides boxed wine for their employees so they can go on the roof and sunbathe after work. But. The fact is, if this stuff works, and let's face it, Elon Musk has a history of being successful if this stuff works, uh, the other platforms will follow. And if the other platforms will follow, right now it's already been confirmed that most people get their news off Twitter, off uh, social media. That's Facebook, that's Twitter, that's Instagram. The mainstream media is flipping their wigs because they're already having a problem with, with uh, watchers. CNN and MSNBC are in the toilet 
because of social media. People are getting their information off of uh, social media. That's why you got CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, all of them posting onto Twitter and Facebook. So it's going to be interesting. The mainstream media is flipping their lid. CNN, I don't know. I don't know what they're concerned about. What, lose another 14 users? I mean, that's, well, I mean, when you have 18. But, yeah, it, it's, they're, they're, they're looking at, they're really, they're really flipping. Because if he's successful, oh my God, it's going to destroy the entire media environment. It's going to turn it upside down. And I am so freaking excited about it. Okay, I have to get to this story. Uh, and it's short. I know it's long. I'm sorry. But just when you think things couldn't, thought that things can't get worse, they are. All right. Um, a few, uh, the fuel supply company called Mansfield Energy warned Tuesday that the northeastern and southeastern United States is poised for huge diesel shortages. It, the supply could run out in less than a month which means no diesel. This is probably a big victory for the Biden administration because diesel is the dirtiest fuel, but it was also the cheapest form of fuel. The problem is trucks and other large transport vehicles depend on diesel. So what problem can you see? Well, supply, more supply chain issues, which will lead to more inflation. So, good job. And then if you combine that with the fact that Pete Buttigieg, who is do doing such a stellar job as the transportation sector secretary, is looking at a strike from the rail workers, rail unions. They want more than that sweet deal I talked about a few weeks ago. They want more. They voted that deal down. Remember, they get a 30% pay raise, and they get some of that retroactively, they voted that down. So he's looking at rail strike. We are looking at major supply chain issues, which will lead to more inflation because that's how it works. So yay for our government. They're doing a great job. All they have to do is drill. <laughs> Texas, just Texas has more oil than all of the Middle East. Just Texas. We're not talking Alaska. We're not talking California. We're not talking Oregon and Washington, which have tons of oil. Just Texas. But we refuse to drill. Great job. Okay, well, I mean... <laughs> Be be prepared. This week could be very exciting. We next week we have the um, next week we have the elections. Do not be shocked if the rail workers go on strike this week to force the government into negotiating and giving them everything that they want. Okay. Visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. <laughs> I also have more news, but unfortunately I couldn't get to it. Have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>